0: Thanks for tuning into this episode of Pacey Performance Bite Size. So, this clip comes from a full episode with Stu Cormack, and it's episode 293 where we discuss all things loading so, internal load, external load, and understanding. How to get metrics that matter to you, how to get metrics that are reliable and stable, and you know exactly what you're getting. So, this is what this clip is all about. But just before we do dive in, I want to say a big thanks to Rock Daisy for sponsoring this episode today. So, if you're looking for a free solution to be able to collect, analyze, visualize, and present dates to coaches, check out AMS Lite from Rock Daisy at rockdaisy.com in terms of the in in terms of that exact process from a a practitioner point of view and we've got it on the list of of, I suppose internal validation it comes back to what you were doing on the on the tablets uh, back in the early 2000s yeah obviously things have, 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 have slightly moved on since then but I guess that the process is still very similar in terms of how we actually get to know what We should be collecting and what what is actually meaningful so from a practitioner point of view on i know it's friday today but on monday if the world was in a normal state how can people go through that process to to understand what they're collecting is what they think they are and Mm. what is useful to them
1: yeah well look it's it's one of those things it it kind of underpins in in my mind um you know any of the decisions about the usability of the technology and the variables that come out of it. Uh, so I think there's, there's a couple of steps. The, the first one, you know, is really the question around validity. So is the technology and the variable measuring what um, it, it purports to measure? And I've got to say that with the increased scrutiny of things like microtechnology for measuring, um, you know, external load, speed, distance, accelerometer, load uh, and similar variables, I think we can actually be more and more confident that those um, variables actually represent what the companies say they represent because, you know, back in the day, the company could say, well, this is five metres a second and you go, okay. Yeah. Must be. <laughs> Must be. Yeah. <laughs> but now yeah. they don't do that because they know full well somebody's going to grab that tech and run a reliability and validity study on it <laughs> straight away. So, you know, I'm much more confident now um, about um, the the validity and reliability of the technology. Having said that, I don't think any of us should just take it for granted. Uh, we shouldn't just accept oh, that's the number. So, you know, some simple things like, you know, saying, well, if I want to buy the units, I want to trial them for a week and, and go out and... Do a test, and when you've got a known distance and it's a bit different, you question why. You know, is that is that filtering? Is it is it something else? Um, you know, run a little um, reliability trial um, in your program, so you get people to to run the same um, course a, a number of times and and see how consistent that that data is. It, it's not onerous, but I think it can give you some real confidence that that what, um, you know, you're investing probably a fairly large amount of money in is actually giving you um, what you expect. And I don't think you should have any qualms at all about um, comparing one brand of tech straight up against um, another brand. You know, put them both on your back and see whether you get the same number. And if not, I think you should quite rightly expect a a good explanation as to why that's the case from the company.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, from my experience in this in this world, on the other side of it, on the, the non-practitioner side of it, you'd be surprised how, how well, I don't, I don't think you probably would be surprised, but people may be surprised how few people actually do that. And these companies will have double pouch vests, triple vouch yeah, vests, yeah. triple Absolutely. pouch vests um, to be able to do this kind of thing. But very rarely would people do it. Very rarely would people come to the end of their two-year contract, three-year contract, and actually consider anything else. It's just a given that it kind of almost a given that it rolls over, which is quite we're in.
1: Yeah, it is. But, you know, it's funny. You can understand the pressure on people, um, you know, from a whole lot of angles as yeah, to why 100%. that's the case. Like, yeah. Um, but, but I just think, you know, we can probably take some steps that are relatively simple. The, the other thing is that... Um, because the scrutiny is so much higher, you know, you can probably find um, a pretty recent research paper which will give you the validity reliability numbers on, you know, technology X and variable one. It'll it'll be out there, you know, so that's the other part of it for me is is do a little bit of work and, and sift through the research to find out whether the question's um, you have about the tech have actually been answered in a you know a bit more of a uh, tighter manner for one of a better. Mm-hmm.
0: Term. Yeah, I mean just just on that and the, the time that it would take to do something really reasonably comprehensive in your own environment to, to go through this, whether it's comparing X to Y to to uh, Z in terms of the different companies, is it actually is it worth it given that the data that can be generated can be different from environment to environment from stadium to stadium is it worth going through that or is it do you think it is okay to kind of look at look into the research or do we need to do both
1: oh, look i think in an ideal world you do both um but you know i'm realistic enough to to know that you know it, it's not with either it's, it's not in the realms of um you know, time or even sometimes expertise but for people to do that with their own, um, in their own environment. So, so if they can't, I accept that completely. But what I would do is then make sure that I was really confident that um, I'd, I'd explored, um, you know, the published work that examined that technology um, to be comfortable that I was I was putting my money on something um, that was, in fact, valid and reliable. And then, of course, there's there's a second step of, you know, just because the metric's valid and reliable, is it meaningful? And so you, you can buy the best tech in the world, but if you're not using it um, in a way that's, you know, appropriate to kind of inform your practice, well, you know, that's a, that's a, a step that um, you probably really have to get right.
0: Mm-hmm. Just going back to the early two thousands when you are oh, sorry pre two thousand when you were <laughs> using the, the first the first one hertz unit were they just GPS or was there any other inertial sensors in there? No. Um,
1: I'll be honest. If there was, we only looked at um, the GPS. Yeah. So we were looking at plane um, speed and distance distance metrics. Um, yeah, so that would have been, yeah, early two thousands, very early two thousands. And, um, that was the, the forerunner of, or the company was GP sports, which yes. you'd be familiar with. Yeah. So that was their first one hertz unit. so quite interesting that the catapult and GP sports
0: both came out of, um, Australia. Mm-hmm. So just moving on to the, the present day and the, the, I suppose the rise of inertial sensors and companies, doing solely inertial sensors rather than combining that with the the GPS device. Where where can that potentially head, do you think, in terms of the the future of of inertial sensors and the use of that to actually become meaningful alongside the GPS metrics?
1: Uh, uh, Look, it's it's a fantastic point. Um, We've actually got a PhD project at the moment that's that's looking at um, some of those issues. Um, We've already done quite a bit of work that's utilised um, the accelerometers, um, as opposed to looking at you know GPS metrics such as speed and distance, um, my my personal view is that uh, I think that is where um, the greatest insight is going to lie, um, because speed and distri- distance are what I'd call relatively blunt metrics. Uh, they tend to be maintained relatively well. Um, they're fairly easy to measure. They're, they're, they're pretty accurate. But these inertial sensors, they have a high sample rate. They tend to be very reliable. And, you know, in theory, depending on placement um, and some, um, you know, mathematical calculations, there's a potential to calculate um, some much more discrete um representations of movement strategy Um, and to me that's um, where we're likely to find um, some real gems that uh, provide us with information about the status of our athlete and how they're performing.
0: I guess because of that depth and because of that like you say high sample rate that can potentially lead to been quite people have been quite daunted i guess with the yep. with the amount of data that them kind of devices are going to are going to churn out how, how big a problem is that and i guess is it just the evolution of the cycle that people gravitate towards that as as people become more au fait with dealing with large sets of data
1: um yeah po- possibly um I, I think yeah like everything people will develop um you know more more um uh, User friendly approaches to, to deal with that. Um, technology companies will start to uh, automate more of the, the output that comes uh, from those sensors, which of course comes with the challenge of us understanding exactly, you know, how those automated outputs are derived. But, um, you know, you look at, at companies now, uh, the GPS companies all have some version of you know, player load or body load or, or similar, which is, which is a derived metric um, from the accelerometer. And that's, that's easily understood um, by, by pretty much uh, everybody as a global representation of external load. Um, you know, you can drill down a little bit further and start to look at perhaps the individual vectors or, um, you know, the contribution um, uh, or, or the value of those um, variables at, you know, certain velocity bands, etc. Um, And then you've got um, companies like IMU who produce, um, you know, the IMU Step and the new Trident Sensors, um, which, you know, on an iPad is giving you a whole lot of information about um, some quite discrete stride parameters. So, um, yeah, I think like like all things, it's going to evolve and become more and more user-friendly as it's commercialised.
0: Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Pacey Performance Bite Size. So, this clip came from episode number 293 with Stu Carmack, and you can find it on iTunes, Spotify, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Big thanks to you for tuning in, big thanks to Rock Daisy for sponsoring this episode today, and I'll chat to you next time.